Sooners of Oklahoma, 12-0 and still looking for respect nationwide. What is going on, Sooner Nation? You are tuned in to another preview episode of the Barry and Mac Show. Today, we are taking a look at OU Kansas. They're going to kick off on Owen Field at 11 a.m. this Saturday. So joining me, none other than someone who covers Kansas football himself, of the Topeka Capital Journal, Mr. Jordan Gusky. You can find Jordan on Twitter at Jordan Gusky. Jordan has been a little different covering Kansas football this year. You guys had, you know, last year to hang your hat on. You were competitive in some games. Oklahoma certainly being one of them. What has it been like covering the Jayhawks this year? Yeah, you know, my second year uh, covering the team, it's it's definitely wild to see how much things have changed just comparing, you know, the first year of Lance Leibold's tenure uh, to the second just in terms of obviously they just had three straight sellout crowds, um, which is the first time in more than a decade. Uh, I mean, obviously five and one ranked in the top 25, not something that many or, or, you know, really anyone might've expected at this point in the season in the Leipold's second year. Um, so it's definitely been uh, really interesting to follow. And, and I'm sure the last six games of the regular season are going to be interesting as well. Yeah. This game kicks off uh, this weekend, uh, 11 a.m., another noon kickoff for the for the Sooners. The the Jayhawks come in here with a very, very good offense, uh, but their backup quarterback saw action last week. What can we expect? Do do we uh, have a sense of who's going to be starting this weekend? I feel like it's going to end up being Jason Bean. Um, Just just the way it seems to be going. I feel like it'll be Jason being a quarterback. Uh, but, you know, obviously, like they showed in the second half against TCU, this is still an offense that can get things going, even with the backup quarterback in there. Um, so, you know, not necessarily the same sort of buzz that Jalen had, but Jason, you know, proved himself to be very capable as well. Who are some of the other guys on on that offense uh, currently? I, I know they've been able to to spread the ball around quite a bit when you have a mobile quarterback like that there's so much that you can do out on the edge there's so much you can do in the run game and offensively kansas ranks at or near the top and definitely the big 12 but also nationally uh when they line up this weekend who are some names out at a receiver out in the backfield that that ou fans should be keeping an eye on yeah, you know, they definitely spread the ball around a lot to their different receivers. Um, you know, two definitely to know, at least in that position group, are Lawrence Arnold and Luke Grimm. Uh, two guys who, yeah, maybe they're not, you know, at the top of the people's lists in the Big 12 of receivers to watch or, or watch for. Um, but they've shown themselves to be very reliable, especially getting first downs. Definitely two guys that Jalen and Jason are going to be looking for in key situations. And then also, you know, can't count out uh, Quinn Skinner. Uh, who's a former walk-on who recently was put on scholarship, just got, you know, two touchdowns against TCU, um, two great catches that survived replay reviews. So that's, those are a few guys there. And at running back with Daniel Heishaiout, you definitely got to look at Devin Neal, um, who was the lead back last year and is again this year. Uh, and at tight end, you know, Mason Fairchild, Jared Casey, Trevor Cardell, they all seem to get touches, but Jared Casey just seems to somehow, you know, make big plays week in and week out, although Mason's had some good games as well. So it's no secret that Kansas last year had some signs of life. 
I mean, Oklahoma fans remember the the OU game and how much of it, it uh, how much it was a struggle to get out of that thing. But Kansas played quite a few teams competitively this year. They've made a jump. And offensively, I'm just curious um, if covering them, you've been able to to pinpoint where that jump has come from. Is it as simple as the quarterback position? Has the offensive line improved? Was there additional talent brought in at receiver? Can you offensively kind of pinpoint where that leap came after this offseason? Yeah, you know, I think you mentioned quarterback. I think just the the leap that Jalen has been able to make just himself personally in, in his Kansas career is is significant um, from where he started to where he is now. So I, I think you have to highlight that first and foremost. But I think the other major thing is that they just had a full offseason to, to open up the playbook and, and get a lot of different things in. I mean, last year the staff didn't get in until basically after spring ball had ended um, because of how that hiring uh, situation went. Um, and so now with Andy Kotelnicki, their offensive coordinator, having a full off season to work through things, open up that playbook, you just see a, a lot more, you know, free flowing offense, I guess I would put it, than you did last season, uh, which just opens them up to a whole lot of different possibilities. You've seen that over the course of the season, the various plays and iterations of plays that they've run. It's just been huge. And then obviously, you know, it takes people delivering. It takes that offensive line blocking as, as well as it has much better than it did last year. Uh, and I think that sort of all just compounds to, create an offense that's done so well defensively this team if you've watched kansas the, their defense has has seemed to make plays this year but there there's still some progress that needs to be made where do you think they stand and w- what would you give them as a as a grade thus far to midseason Oof, a grade you know it's it's passable for sure I, I don't know exactly where i would land i think like you mentioned they've been making some big plays but I think they're just still searching for that consistency, looking to get that consistency. I mean, against Iowa State, obviously they only allow 11 points, um, which is their best performance in you know a, a while, um, at least the best performance of Leipold's tenure here uh, in Lawrence. Um, so I, I would say it's it's passable, but still looking for that consistency, still looking to develop the secondary, um, which obviously was hit pretty hard against TCU, even though um, there was a lot of pressure on the quarterback, the secondary just, I guess, didn't really hold up in a lot of ways and the way that, you know, I'm sure fans would want them to see him hold up. But, you know, they're, they're developing that depth. There's a lot more depth in that uh, in that position or well, in, in that side of the ball than there was a year ago, but still searching for that consistency, and especially in the secondary. Who are some of the names defensively? We talked about the offense, but who are some of the names on that other side of the ball um, whether at the defensive line, I know Kansas has been notorious for having some guys, at, at least a guy or two across that defensive front. Um, and then occasionally a corner or two. Who are some guys on the defense that OU fans should be paying attention to? Yeah, I think, um, well, one, you know, since you're mentioning the the line, definitely Lonnie Phelps, a transfer from Miami, Ohio. Uh, you know, he's racked up a, a lot of sacks and, and tackles for a lot so far this season. He just flies around great motor that that's definitely a guy that I, I would expect fans to hear the name of over the course of the day saturday and then moving into the linebacker spot rich miller's at the heart of what they do defensively um so he's a name to know and in the secondary you know senior safety kenny logan uh jr just uh you know had his best game against iowa state a couple weeks ago and uh you know kobe Bryant, a, a cornerback uh who's a sophomore he's he's young you know still getting better but 
he just seems to make big play after big play. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. This past offseason, you know, Kansas didn't, it doesn't seem like they have a ton of new faces. Some of these names, just looking at their roster, uh, we, we did see last year, but strategically, uh, Lance Leipold as the coach, what do you think his methodology will be in terms of balancing recruiting with JUCO, uh, with transfer portal? Do, do you have a sense of how he's going to uh, lean on certain things going forward, building that program? Yeah, I think it's continuing to get this roster to be you know balanced and older um, just because it's such a young team uh, when he took it over last year. So continuing to get to more of a balance. So there, I think definitely as they have, they've, they've recruited some high school guys, but I think you're looking at the, the 24, the 25 classes is I think more when they'll start to really, you know, build out those, those high school recruiting classes, especially as, you know, they build relationships and everything, but until then definitely a good mix of, you know, high school with also Juco and, and transfer portal guys. I've got to ask since it's, in the news and there's a lot of job vacancies open what's your sense on his dedication to uh, staying at kansas for the long haul it's obvious that he is you know in it to win it at this moment and he's had some success they're sitting at five and one they're nationally ranked uh they just almost escaped against tcu with a win that game came down to to the wire and a handful of plays what is your sense on how long we may end up seeing him there um, in the Big 12? Yeah, you know, I, I think at this point, Kansas is doing everything it can to, to keep him. I mean, obviously, you know, about the, uh, the, the stadium project, um, multi-use project that, that they're embarking on in early 2023, getting that rolling, and that'll, you know, see a, a revitalization of, of that area of campus and the area of really Lawrence in general. And... I would expect to see some sort of new work contract as well. So I think Kansas is doing everything it can to keep them. And right now Lance is saying all the right things. I think it's just a matter of, you know, can Kansas do something that, you know, is, is respectable is, um, you know, worth what Lance Leipold has been so far um, to this campus and what his staff has um, meant to this uh, program as well. Uh, and what they can do with NIL money. I think those are some different areas to to think about and then how that compares to what a Nebraska or Wisconsin, if they do actually want them, how much they're willing to throw at him. Um, but I, I think at this point, you'd have to be uh, leaning toward him staying. But, you know, who knows what, if Nebraska, you know, really wants him or, or Wisconsin ends up really wanting him, how much they're going to throw at him to make him say no. You brought up NIL. And we know that Kansas has just an elite basketball program and NIL in that scope, probably not a massive change to like the people currently involved with that program, uh, people wanting to, you know, put money into that. But where is the football program right now in terms of NIL? Have they made some moves to sort of organize things. I know a lot of programs around the country are moving to like more of a collectives model. They're giving the ability to, to allow players to connect with businesses and network and, and tons of other things like that. Where is Kansas currently uh, as it relates to NIL? Yeah. You know, I think it's growing, uh, you know, that, that first year uh, of NIL, uh, Kansas was pretty conservative for different reasons on what they were trying to do and about what they were saying publicly and doing publicly. 
but I think you've seen them, you know, bring on more staff to, to handle NIL um, just as a, you know, whole athletic department, not just football specific. And, you know, the collective that Kansas has, uh, you know, that, that sports Kansas athletes is, has continued to move forward and made some announcements. So I think it's growing and will continue to grow. Um, but I, I guess, you know, because of how conservative that first year was for them, definitely a lot of room for growth as they try to you know approach that. A couple last things I want to touch on uh, just the big 12, right? Covering Kansas football. You obviously week to week get to see these teams, what do you think about the conference uh, as it stands currently uh, in, in terms of just uh, power, sort of the power shift, but also the, the talent kind of top to bottom in the conference? Uh, well, what do you say about that? Yeah, you know, I, I think this year people are just, you know, beating up on each other, you know, uh, a good bit here. You know, obviously there's surprises with, uh, you know, TCU, Kansas, and maybe even Kansas State to some respect. Um, Oklahoma's obviously been surprising. I don't think people thought uh, the seniors would struggle um, at the level they have. Um, but, you know, Texas has got quite a year's back. So I think it's, it's a pretty deep conference, I would say, uh, and definitely one where week in, week out, you might have an idea of how you think it's going to go, but really any team could walk out of there uh, with a win. I want to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, do you think the Big 12 gets a team into the playoff this year? Oof. Um. No, probably not. No, I don't think so. Um, I, I feel like with it being at four teams, I feel like, you know, maybe Oklahoma State can do it with how it's positioned at this point. That would probably be the best uh, option at this point in the season with TCU having an outside shot. But I just feel like a lot of these teams are going to come away with, you know, one or two losses. And uh, there'll probably be some SEC teams that, you know, maybe uh, just, you know, have a, a resume that's going to be looked upon as, as better than what the Big 12's got. Um, so probably not at this point, I would say no, but, you know, Oklahoma State um, seems in position to at least contend for one. Last thing I want to touch on, and this is more of just in-game uh, type stuff. Uh, you mentioned uh, the signal caller this weekend, you know, possibly being a touch up in the air. Are there any other key injuries on Kansas' side of the ball, whether last game or midweek of players that are on the roster, on the depth chart, but are unlikely to see action? Outside of quarterback, no, not not really. Um, I mean, there's a there's a guy on the depth chart, um, a backup right tackle who uh, you know was in a boot on the sideline, didn't uh, hasn't you know been playing, but you know he, I don't think he would even really be the backup right tackle anyway if they updated the depth chart. So no, not really. Uh, quarterback is really the main one in terms of people who are on the depth chart right now. Um, overall, they've been able to stay um, pretty healthy, at least you know to the respect that they've been able to have. Uh, their complement of guys out there if they're you know still playing hurt. Well, Jordan, I, I want to thank you so much for uh, for hopping on, helping us with this preview episode today. Uh, when the Sooners and Jayhawks kick off this Saturday at 11 a.m., what is your uh, prediction for this game? And if you want to give me a score, even better. You know, I'll, I'll probably go Oklahoma winning it um, at, at this point. Uh, score 28-24. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I, I'll, I'll try to give you a score. Um, I, would, I like I would, it. I would say Oklahoma probably pulls this one out, um, you know, gets gets back into things. But Kansas, you know, continues to to show that it's you know moving in the right direction and to be competitive, you know, in Norman, which I'm sure is something that has been a problem in the past. 
You know, Jordan, I think you're going to give a lot of Sooner fans a, a conniption, man. You're giving them a glimmer of hope. <laughs> it's, been right, a, it's been a rough few weeks. Uh, been a rough few weeks. Uh, but tell tell people where they can find you. Obviously, people after they hear this are going to want to give you a follow. Uh, tell, tell them where they can find you and your content. Yeah, uh, just, you know, the Chief Capital Journal's website, you know, is is where you can go um, for, for a lot of that stuff. And then uh, on Twitter, just at Jordan Gusky is, is where I'm at. And then same thing for Instagram. If you want to look at pictures of dogs, I, you know, I post about dogs a lot, but you know, Twitter is probably the best place to go. I love how many dogs do you have? Oh, just, I, I foster uh, them from time to time. So I've got one Harley uh, right now who I'm fostering and just started fostering him yesterday. Who's currently sleeping next to me being a very good podcast guest. Wow. Um, I love that. I, I, I have a, a party poodle. People always ask, you know, he's a, a rather unique guy and, and, a, and a little Yorkie in the family. Uh, that's awesome, man. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I guess, um, I think 2020. Yeah, like early 2020, I yeah. guess I would say. That's so cool, man. I guarantee you just made tons of fans because uh, <laughs> if there's one thing Sooner fans love more than their football, it is their dogs. So I, th- I, th- I think you just made a handful of fans. Um, well, Jordan, I won't keep you any longer. I want to thank you for hopping on. You've been an awesome guest. We, we appreciate your time. Uh, this will get uh, posted to uh, Twitter and all the social medias and give the Sooners a, an inside look uh, from a uh, Jayhawk perspective as to what to expect this, uh, this Saturday. Thanks, man. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of The Barry and Mac Show. Please go leave us a rating and review on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Go follow the social media at The Barry and Mac Show on Instagram, at Barry and Mac SHW on Twitter, and we will see you soon. Nationwide.